0: Hi everybody and welcome to Blue Bros 2. This time it's personal. I am your host Brandon and with me as always is Caleb. Caleb, how's it going?
1: Um, It's going. It's... I don't know. I thought I had something interesting to share but I guess I kind of really don't.
0: <laughs> well, you have power this week.
1: Yes. Yeah. Even though... uh Somehow I wanted to try to find a way to blame it on you, but I will, I will say this though. um, If you're joining us, there's a decent chance that you may have listened to our recap episode for the uh, Indiana and Washington Redskins game. And there was a little hiccup with that. um, If you listened to it early enough before it got fixed. So if you did, uh, you can blame Brandon.
0: Yeah, um I had nothing to do with that. So
1: And that's why I blame that's... you because I ha- I have to do it. So
0: Oh, I see how it goes. Yeah, I didn't even like cuz I listened back to the episode and it was like started off like in the middle of like a conversation.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was that's... like what's going on here? <laughs> There's something um weird where when I and it's just happened recently where when I try because the way that it goes now that we're on um, we've been on Anchor since before the season started that you upload your episode in segments so that you can insert sponsor stuff in between uh, the segments and for some reason for the past several weeks it will try to rearrange the segments um, and I've usually caught it and it had to go back and change it even though i set it up correctly but for whatever reason when i say publish it decides to flip it um but this time i swore that went through right and apparently it didn't so i will have to go back and just check it every single time
0: yeah that's really odd
1: so yeah good good stuff oh yeah and speaking of
0: good stuff Uh, What have you been watching lately?
1: Uh, Nothing too much. I mean, of course, outside of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. But I did go back. I actually kind of started as I just um, was. My wife, normally my wife stays up with me after we put the kids to bed. Uh, We hang out for a little bit, watch Netflix or something, and then she goes to bed. But one night she just was like, when the kids went to bed, she went to bed. So I had to stay upstairs to make sure the kids went to sleep because otherwise mm-hmm. if I go downstairs and they're awake, they get out of bed and they do whatever they want um so I just turned on the movie Small Soldiers <laughs> and uh got to and so I originally was just gonna have it in the background but I wound up watching the whole thing and it's actually of course it's entertaining to go back and watch a movie uh that you saw a long time ago, but it was uh It was definitely interesting. uh, So PG-13 movie, Small Soldiers, 1998. Um, Toys come alive because some genius decided to put uh, military chips inside of them. And there's actually quite a few recognizable um, actors and actresses in this. I mean, probably the most popular is uh, Dennis Leary, um, uh, Kristen and Kirsten Dunst. Okay. Are the two big ones? Kevin Dunn is in it. Um, Phil Hartman, uh, Robert Picardo. If you guys, were, I mean these these are people like when you see them, you would recognize them. Uh, is it Gregory Smith? Uh, Jay Moore was another one that you would. Oh, David Cross, um, you would recognize. So it's just like kind of. Oh, and one of the voices of the toys was. Um, oh crap! His name's not here. I can't find it. Um, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. So, uh, just like all these people that I totally forgot were in it, and for I don't, was it that popular of a movie?
0: Um, it was fairly popular at the time. I remember watching it in theater. That's probably the last time I watched it. Um, I, I remember it being somewhat of a a big deal, but not, like, you know, the movie everybody's got to go see.
1: Yeah, well, I don't remember anybody... I don't remember talking about that movie with anybody else. Really? Yeah, so I just don't recall it being, you know, a big movie. It was interesting. It was pretty well done, uh, and it was entertaining, but, yeah, just... uh, I mean, it was a little bit on the border of... I don't know if I would say like being rated more than PG 13, but it was kind of more of a darker movie. Yeah. Uh, They, they bordered on a little bit of the horror esque. I mean, not really that bad, but I mean, like some of the dolls got creepy and things like that. So imagine almost kind of like Toy Story in real life, you know, how that one kid like tore Bart toys and put them together and whatnot. So Sid. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I watched that and. It, it was entertaining if you, if you remember watching it before, it's on Netflix, and if you want to relive that it's uh it's on there for you.
0: Yeah, I might have to give that a watch again, like I said i I don't even know if I watched it after I saw it in theater, maybe maybe once, and it was forever ago, but it'd be something interesting to go back and watch again and see what my thoughts are about it, because I remember like liking the movie and thought it was pretty decent.
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when you watch it, you'll be surprised at how how many times you're gonna be like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot he was in there," or "I didn't realize so many recognizable actors were in there." It it is, it was, it surprised me.
0: So, yeah, I'll have to revisit that one.
1: Have you Um, been watching anything new?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say for me, um, you know, you know, other than the movie uh, and. you know, of course, continuing to watch The Office because, oh. you know, you look for other shows and nothing interests you. So you just watch The Office for like the eight trillionth time.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Um, yeah, other than that, uh, I finished watching the one season of Cold Case Files that was on, on Netflix. Um, that was a really interesting show. Uh, if you guys are into like true crime kind of stuff, um, that's something to to check out. Other than that, I feel like there's there's something else, but at the moment I can't really think of it, so it must not be that important. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of blanking right now. But, uh, yeah, I guess I mean from there we can just move right on to our um, first small. Subject here, uh, as did you know? Did you know the facts that everybody loves to know, has to know? Um, yeah, get us back on track and make it a little more interesting here after I kind of bombed out on the, <laughs> on the <laughs> stuff we've been watching. What do you got?
1: No, you're all good. Uh, Remind me before we transition into the uh, main topic, I have one thing to mention about uh, our last episode. But, uh, yeah, did you know, so since it's Thanksgiving week, you know, and that's pretty much on everybody's mind, I figured I would go and try to find something about Thanksgiving that not everybody might know about. Um. So you have all your days that surround Thanksgiving. You've got Thanksgiving day. You've got black Friday. I think Saturday is small business Saturday or shop local Saturday or something like that. Mm-hmm. Monday is uh, cyber Monday. Tuesday is giving Tuesday. Um, it was funny. We had a conversation at work and we decided to label the Wednesday before Thanksgiving as wasted Wednesday. Um, Cause uh, it's, It's a little bit more well-known now, I think. This isn't my did you know, but Wednesday, uh, at least as of a couple years ago, used to be the biggest nights for uh, bars in the country. Mm -hmm. Um, People come back home, and the night before Thanksgiving, they aren't doing anything, so they meet up with people that they know, reunite with friends and stuff like that uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, but also, there's something that you need to know about Black Friday. And here is your did you know for this week. Did you know that Black Friday is the busiest day of the year for plumbers? <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, so apparently with increased um, people in your homes and increased food Going into the garbage disposal and all sorts of shenanigans, whatever it may be. Uh, There was a report. um, When did this thing come out? Uh, Oh, earlier this year. Uh, There is a report that has come out that said that uh, plumbers, the busiest day of the year for plumbers is the day after Thanksgiving.
0: Well, I guess you have a whole bunch of people come over, they eat a whole bunch, and then they blow up your toilet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Basically. So uh, if you're if you're planning to have people over to your house for the first time, uh, you might want to get ready and get a plumber ready for Friday, just in case.
0: <laughs> or invest in a good plunger. Yes.
1: Yeah, so if you don't have a plunger, get a plunger. <laughs> if you want to not have to deal with calling someone, maybe get one of those snake drain Things, get some Drano, you know, do a little uh, D, D-Y-I, Wait, DIY. Do it yourself. There we go. DIY for uh, Friday. Unless you want to. Uh, yeah, for your health. I'm sure everybody enjoys hearing about that right before they're going to be.
0: Oh, that's hilarious.
1: Uh, but and- I get. So before we jump into the topic, though, I want to mention something. So this is kind of like an opportunity to say, hey, you know, not not I don't know if I would say it's to correct something that we said in one of our last episodes, but kind of to uh, talk further upon it. Uh, So we talked about Tom Hanks last time. Yeah. And you know how I said what he said about not being a, a bad guy and, you know, people being able to lie about who they are and he doesn't really like that aspect. I didn't have the quote and I found some stuff from the interview, but not the exact article that I was going through. So I just kind of want to share it real quick. Um, and so it, it was a little bit confusing how it was presented the first time. So uh, this kind of clears it a little bit. Um, he, he really likes being himself and being nice and likable because uh, he does not find it's natural or easy to be i think a word that he used specifically was like uh malicious Mm -hmm. anything like that but in uh interview or conversation that he was having he went and he said uh quoting there's no substitute for absolute complete honesty there are people out there that lie very easily i refuse to accept that if you lie to me you're going to be in big trouble and so I rem- I remember that part, and that stuck out to me. And I thought he was referring to lying as in, like, people faking to be bad mm-hmm. and malicious and things like that. I think that was maybe out of context. So that, at least, is the quote there, so you guys could see that. So I was really hoping I was going to find the exact thing I was referring to, but... Um, uh, Uh, another part of his quote, I don't want to see bad guys who are just bad. You know, why are they bad? There are evil villains out there. Like, I don't know. Um, they're intriguing to play, but bad guys do not look bad. They're like you or like me. Uh, you could have a knife in your shoe, you know? And so it was just kind of like an interesting conversation. I feel like I want to try to find the whole thing because everywhere I was looking just like had like a paragraph of information. So I want to know what the whole thing is or maybe see if there's a video to see what he says. But I want to share that uh, to give more context about what was said last time. Because uh, Tom Hanks is such a likable guy. I thought it was kind of weird with him saying that about lying and everything. So I get more context to it. So that's all I got.
0: Yeah, a little bit of Hanks. A little bit of extra extra Hanks giving.
1: Extra Thanksgiving, yes.
0: (laughs) And uh, sticking with Thanksgiving, we'll move into our main topic. And the main topic for this week is the 1987 movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It was written and directed by John Hughes. Uh, It's got a relatively small cast of main characters, at least. Uh, And that's starring Steve Martin as Neil Page and John Candy as Del Griffith. Uh, The plot right from IMDb is a man must struggle to travel home for Thanksgiving with an obnoxious slob of a shower curtain ring salesman as his only companion. It's worded. That's worded kind of weird, don't you think? But that's like yeah. straight from IMDb. You know, that's basically, not- um, Steve Martin plays like the straight man to John Candy's uh, kind of wackiness. Um, he's, you know, John, well, obviously, John Candy plays the the obnoxious slob shower curtain ring salesman, (laughs) which if you think about it, that's kind of a funny job. Like there's no way that job exists. (laughs) (laughs) And if it did, like there's no way you'd be able to make enough money to live
1: on doing it. Unless you, you were the only person doing it and you like sold nonstop. Right. Like it Uh. it just would be unrealistic though. I I completely agree. Oh, for sure. And, like,
0: you wouldn't be able to buy that stuff in stores. That would be the only way you could make any kind of money doing that. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a classic movie. Um, Like I said, written and directed by John Hughes, who is just known for his classic movies, especially from the 80s. Um, And this one has become kind of like a favorite for for the holiday, because, I mean, how many are Thanksgiving movies r- are there, really?
1: Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I looked this up. And so Rotten Tomatoes has a list of the 20 best Thanksgiving movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And guess where Planes, Trains, and Automobiles lands? Number one. Nope.
0: What?
1: I know, right? So it's number gotta be number. Two. Two. It's gotta be number two, right? Right. Nope. <laughs> it's number three. So I kind of feel like Ron Tomatoes is full of crap. Mm-hmm. Um. But real quick, I'm not gonna go through the whole list because so much, so much of this is BS and just like total crap. Um. Oh wait, actually. They don't even have... Yeah, no, it's total crap because there there is a Thanksgiving movie that's not even listed on here. Um, number one is Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Okay. So I can kind of give it that. The number two one, I don't really know. It came out in 2006. It's called Cresha. But it does yeah, say no that... The, that is. I don't know either. It's like some kind of drama, it looks like. Um, but it is, around, uh, it is centered around Thanksgiving, so I'll give them that. Then it's playing strains and automobiles. Then it's some weird thing, Hannah and her sisters, I have no idea what that is. But then number five is Scent of a Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like what? Thanksgiving, what? What? I don't get that. But one thing that I will say that is not on the list that we both have said while we were discussing this on what our Thanksgiving movies, they don't even have son in law. So
0: <laughs> Well, I mean it is a Pauly Shore movie, so
1: But still, Uh, not very many
0: Pauly Shore movies get any kind of credit whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Well, If you have a top 20 list of Thanksgiving movies and that's not on there because so many of these I'm looking at, I'm just like, okay, this is like not even Thanksgiving really related. So anyways, that's that's my two cents about the list.
0: (laughs) That's kind of yeah, that's kind of funny. So have you seen this movie before we uh, watched it to review it?
1: Yes, and that is actually a funny thing, too, because um, I I mix up a lot of John Candy's movies um, mm-hmm. between Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, The Great Outdoors. There were just a lot of scenes from those those three movies, specifically, that I got mixed together. Um, and I uh, so I rewatched this, and I forgot that it was a rated R movie. I thought it was I thought it was a PG-13 movie. So then when you get to the part where he is at the car rental place and he has his conversation with the uh front desk person, mm-hmm. it's just like, "Oh, apparently this is rated R." <laughs> so, cuz I just like I I don't know. I mean, so many movies back then were just like PG 13 comedies. I totally forgot about that scene. I mean, there were plenty of other things I forgot about too, but that, that, that just made me laugh when it happened.
0: Yeah. And funny thing is, I think this might be John Hughes only rated R movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, cause I'm not sure. Cause he also made the vacation movies Mm -hmm. and, um, the original one, that one might have, a, have an R rating, but I'm not quite sure. Yes, the the original National Lampoon's Vacation has an R rating. Uh, kind of similar to this, like not really much in a way that would make you think it's an R movie. And then uh, Chevy Chase's character has a rant where he drops the F-bomb a few times and towards the end of the movie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can go through and kind of discuss what happens in a movie here uh, this movie it always catches me off guard you know I watch it every single year for Thanksgiving um, like I said to you earlier like usually you know we get the house all cleaned up because we have people come over to our house for Thanksgiving um, you know so I get the turkey going and you know while everything's cooking and we're just kind of waiting for everything to get done and people to show up I, I pop the movie in and you know it just makes it feel like Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um yeah but like i said the one thing that kind of catches me off guard with this movie every single time i watch it is how there's like no dialogue no music for like the first at least like minute yeah because they start off where uh steve martin's character neil is in a meeting and uh like the boss is just kind of looking over some paperwork and no one says anything for, like, the first full minute. And every time I watch this, I'm like, is there something wrong with my DVD? Like, did I not turn the volume up or something? Or... Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's interesting. Because I can't think of how many how many movies, like, actually start off quiet like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I always think there's something wrong. Um, so, you know, he has a meeting. And then, like, he's telling his friend he's going to rush home. Because he's going to um, be with his family for Thanksgiving. Uh, he's got to go to Chicago. He is in New York at the time. So he's got a hail cab. Um, you know, and as, as the cab shows up, <laughs> another guy, like, accidentally uh, takes it without know- knowing that it was his. Um, and that's how we are introduced to John Candy's character of Del Griffith. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a simple guy. You know, not, not a malicious bone in his body. Just and just like I said with the the plot and everything, he's just an obnoxious guy. But he's completely oblivious to the fact that he's the way he is. I don't know, kind of like a overgrown man child. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I kind of took from it. Uh, and being really like the just the kind of design of his character is just hilarious to me. He's got the you know the short curly hair and the funny mustache, and he wears that big bulky uh royal blue parka the whole movie.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And just you know his tacky clothes that he wears, you know, he wears a bow tie a few times throughout the movie. Um, and I mean really like when they made this could don't think they could have picked anybody better than John Candy to play this character.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I got a question real quick before we move on. Have you ever heard the first name Dell before? Um not very often, at least. I cannot think of another time that I've heard Dell as a first name. Uh, there
0: was a there was a professional wrestler who wrestled as the Patriot. They wore a mask with like an eagle on it and like an American flag. Um, he was around for a while in like the eighties and the nineties. Uh, His real name is Del Wilkes, and that's the only other guy I can think of with the first
1: name Del. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I just remember when I heard that, I was just like, wait, his name's Del? So that was (laughs) a weird part for me.
0: Yeah, like, what is that short for Delbert? (laughs) (laughs) Delicatessen. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so from that on, like, he he gets another cab. uh, He gets to... airport and you know he kind of he sits down waiting for the you know the flights aboard and all that and he sees John Candy's character again he tells John Candy you know hey you took my cab that's how you know who I am and you know John Candy goes on to like apologize for it and everything and of course you know they get on the plane um, and it just continues Steve Martin's like bad luck I guess I'm just a simple trip home from New York to Chicago, which Uh, you gotta assume, but what would it be like a, like an hour and 40 minute flight?
1: uh, Maybe something like that. Something like that. Cause I've flown
0: from, from Flint to Atlanta and that was like under two hours.
1: Yeah. I'm uh, looking up right now. Uh, Two, two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah,
0: so anyway, he gets you know he gets on a flight, he's got a first class ticket, he gets put in coach and he's irritated about that. Um he sits down, you know, he's trying to make the best of it, and then of course John Candy sits down right next to him (laughs) and you know, he starts having a conversation with him and he's he's trying to politely tell him, Hey, you know, I really don't want to talk. I just wanna sit here, read my newspaper and you know, hope this flight goes by quick and I can, you know, get home, see my family. Uh and just the annoying little things that John Candy's character does, you know he doesn't shut up he you know he's a big guy, so he takes up a whole bunch of room and kind of smashes Steve Barton's character in the seat uh he takes his shoes off mm-hmm. um, man, I don't know. Have you ever been on a flight where someone takes their shoes off?
1: uh yeah, not directly with me. See since they started that whole shoe um You know, when you go through security thing, Mm -hmm. um, the last gosh, handful of times I've gone flying, it's been like to Florida during the summer. I usually just wear flip flops. Yeah. Um, cause I hate the hassle of having to deal with shoes then with security. Um, so I understand like people getting grossed out by and everything. Like it's one thing when somebody wears flip flops and it's another thing when somebody wears shoes and then they take off their shoes and you know that whole sweaty feet kind of thing. So <laughs> right. No thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's just just an obnoxious person, basically. Um you're getting to see like just all the stuff he does that you know just rubs Steve Barton's character the wrong way. Um so we soon find out that there is like a bad snowstorm going on. They're uh, unable to land in Chicago, so they have to, like, reroute the plane to Wichita, Kansas.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> apparently is the closest <laughs> place they can go to. Yeah, seriously, like, they couldn't have uh, flown into
0: Detroit or something? Like, I'm assuming, you know, if it's if there's a bad snowstorm in Chicago, Detroit's probably just as bad.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, both of us being in Michigan, we know how crappy that the weather can get.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so... You know, they land in Wichita, Kansas. And um, Steve Martin's character, he calls home, tells his wife what's going on. He gets off the phone and, um, you know, like John Candy's character, Dell, he's telling him, you know, this place is not going to go anywhere. Um, you're better off just, you know, finding a hotel, staying for the night, and then coming out in the morning. So uh, he's like, okay, well... Tries to get a hold of a hotel. Nothing's open. And, you know, John Katie's C- C- character says, Oh, I got myself a room. And, you know, when you were called and your wife, I called the hotel and booked a room. And he's like, you know, I still I feel bad about taking your cab. So, uh, you know, if you want to come with me, I can get you a room. If you just pay for the cab fare or whatever to get there. It's like, no problem. We'll do that. And then. No, because we're both going to the same place. We'll head out in the morning. So uh, Neil decides to go with him and to go to this crappy motel called the Braidwood.
1: Oh, I never caught the name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the Braidwood Motel, just outside of uh, Kansas or Wichita, Kansas. So, uh, you know, while they there, you see some funny stuff. Um, one of my favorite scenes is that uh, Neil is t- going to take a shower and he opens up the bathroom door, and, like, Del has just completely, like, wrecked the bathroom. <laughs> like, they're just soaking wet towels and dirty clothes, like, all over the place. Uh, the sink is full, and, you know, just, just disgusting. And <laughs> so, uh, he, Neil goes and takes a shower, and, you know, like, the, he's halfway through, he's got shampooed his hair, and The water goes out. Uh, he's trying to get the water to come back on and when it comes back on it's like super hot and like burns him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Just like the worst possible stuff that could happen. Uh Then he goes to like dry off and you know Del said he left him a towel and it's like a small like hand towel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he has to dry off with, like this little hand towel. Uh, it just this is just you know Steve Martin at his best. Uh I don't know, just, if you've ever seen any Steve Martin, any Steve Martin stuff, you know, especially like things like The Jerk and this, um, it's just, he's just great at playing these characters where, you know, he's always just kind of mildly irritated the whole time, but he just kind of puts up with it because he doesn't want to be like, um, he doesn't want to like hurt anybody's feelings, and he just kind of gets pressed and pressed and pressed until he finally snaps. Yeah, it's like I feel like him and and Chevy Chase were really good at playing those those type of characters.
1: Oh, true, that's a good point.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> oh man, so they finally he finally gets out of the shower and everything. He they get ready to go to bed. And they like they, when they get there, they originally realize that there's only one bed, so they're gonna have to share it. <laughs> um. So, you know, they're laying down in bed and Dell, he starts making like all these terrible noises, like snorting and sniffing and, and trying to like hack loogies and stuff. And he he said, he has to like clear sinuses or he's going to snore the whole night. And then Neil goes on, um, this insane rant, which I have here just because it's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. So, um. Here, I, I can give you the quote. Here, he's like, you know, you know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are funny, or mildly amusing, or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They actually, it's like they're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd like to, I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing antidotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun, so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for that. I could tolerate any insurance seminar for days. I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face, and they'd say, "How can you stand it?" And I'd say, "Cause I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything." And you know what they would say? They'd say, "Oh, I know what you mean. The shower curtain ring guy. Whoa! It's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy. doll. expect you have. To, I expect you have to. You have a little string on your chest, you know." That you pull out and you have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and, by the, and by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes them so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, did you want me to share Dell's uh, response? Or
0: Yeah, and then Del gives like, kind of another famous line in that. Um, so yeah, go.
1: You want to hurt me? Go ahead if it makes you feel better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you, but I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like... I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. So uh, <laughs> Yeah,
0: I, um wasn't it that line said in Family Guy one time? I swear one? it was. Which the Dell's um response.
1: Oh, that that uh segment right there?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I believe it
0: was said in Family Guy one time. I can't remember the episode, but I remember hearing it.
1: Yes, they did something like it. Now that you're saying that, I do remember that they used that. Peter,
0: yeah, Peter says
1: it. Yes, and so they played off that I don't think it was word for word But uh, there was something about it I, I Now that you're mentioning it, I remember Man, that's going to bug me now
0: <laughs> I know, I'm going to have to look that up It just dawned on
1: me um, But the, my, I got to say my favorite part of that whole Segment, scene, whatever you want to say um, Was when he did the chatty Kathy part <laughs> Yeah <laughs> And he's just like, nya, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And he's getting his hand and pulling it away from his chest. Like he's pulling a string. Bolt.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. I, I really and, wonder like how much, uh, if if that was a scene that he just kind of went with, or if they had that whole thing lined up for him or what?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things too, where it's like with the, di- if it was written dialogue, it wouldn't surprise me because it's John Hughes. Mm-hmm. But also, if it was whole, the whole thing was just made up on the fly, it wouldn't surprise me because it's Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Dell says that and um, Neil just he starts, you know, feeling bad about it and everything. So he's like, OK, now we're fine. You know, sorry to say they got of stuff. So they decide, you know, just get some rest and they'll, you know, just start fresh in the morning. So that you know, they go to bed and they wake up in the morning, and it's one of the like most hilarious scenes in the movie. Uh, You know, camera shows basically you know Steve Martin laying on his side, and uh, Dell is like spooning him, (laughs) and they're holding hands, and uh, you know neither one of them knows what's going on. And Dell kisses Neil's ear, and um, Neil says to him. Why did you kiss my ear? And Dell says, "Why are you holding my hand?" And then Deal says, "Well, where's your other hand?" Dell says, "Between two pillows." <laughs> and then they and Deal yells, "Those aren't pillows!"
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they jump up and start freaking out. And then they say things like, "Oh, um, I think the bears are gonna, the bears are gonna." win the whole thing this year yeah they look good <laughs> the
1: oh, not, not.
0: yeah and i know um that's actually craig's favorite part in the movie <laughs> yeah because we I, talked about this in the past i know this is one of his favorite movies uh, yeah,
1: yeah that that part cracks me up that part was hilarious and uh th- the funny thing so you mentioned about asked if i had watched this before i since I remembered very little of this, I did not remember that part of the movie happening so early. Cause I think hmm. that was within like the first, like 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. Something like that. The movie it's paced really well. It moves along pretty well.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I just thought that that was, you know, like way later and you know, it, cause they're in a motel again later. And I thought in my mind, it was the later motel scene that that kind of happened. But Mm-hmm. Also it's kinda of interesting too because the dynamic, uh, after they had that whole um Neil had that meltdown and everything, it was really funny because they played like some of that classical or classic eighties music where it's just like, oh, bonding, you know. Uh, I don't even really know how to explain it. But if you watch a scene and you hear the music that plays after he goes on the <laughs> rant and Dell talks, um it's this bonding, like, oh, you know, we're going to be friends. And this is like a really big, important, touching moment. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, man, you know, it's just uh, they it was still a good movie. And it set up well throughout the whole thing. But I was just kind of like that made me think of that happened later because I felt like that was a big moment in the movie of, OK, they said their differences, but they're kind of getting over it and actually, quote unquote, becoming friends. hmm um but of course that i mean that kind of happened there but there were other things that went on later so it, it's just interesting how they actually have it progress but like you said they have it uh it paced out really well so
0: yeah and after that they they hitch a ride in the back of a pickup truck in the dead of winter and they're driving um i can't remember what town they were going to oh and, In Kansas, he mentioned it, Um, but it's farther than they they thought it was. they said, the guy, the hillbilly that gave him the the ride, he said, you know, the only animals come out of Wichita. It's like the train for people comes out of, you know, such and such city.
1: Yeah, I can't think of that. So they go
0: that way, you know, they get on the train and, uh, you know, this is like one of the first times where Neil's trying to, you know, say bye to Dell. He's like, okay. Um, you know, it was nice, nice meeting you. It's like we our, our seats aren't together, so you know, have a good Thanksgiving kind of thing. And You know, it's happy he got rid of him. Well, the train breaks down in Missouri, and uh, they have to like walk across this long field to, you know, get to a bus to take him. Um, to take him somewhere so they can, you know, so they can move on. Uh, and he sees Dell trying to go across this field with this huge trunk that he got. So he's got, so he feels bad for him. He helps him out. They uh, get to the bus station, and Dell and Neil take a bus to St. Louis to the airport. <laughs> and uh, you know, they ride with all the the crazy bus people. Um, <laughs> kind of funny about this. My, my wife always laughs at this because when her and I, we were dating for like a month and I got a job in Pennsylvania. So I moved out to Pennsylvania for this job and I was out there for maybe like two weeks and she came and visited me and she took a bus like all the way out to see me. So that was like a 12 hour bus ride. <laughs> Oh, she, yeah she always laughs at it at that part because she's like yeah those are exactly like the kind of people that are let ride buses
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm actually a little disappointed in this because um, my grandfather uh, was actually a greyhound bus driver for forever mm-hmm. and I never once got to hear a story and so I'm <laughs> I'm disappointed. Like you you have to know. I mean, he did it for decades. I want to say he at least did it for 20 uh, 20 years. I, I know I remember seeing something like he had a 15 year something um mm. recognition, but yeah, uh, in all those years there has to be at least one decent story. I can only imagine that there's probably way more than that, but I never once heard a single story.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he had a lot of stories of crazy people are just things that happened. Yeah. So, (laughs) so, you know, once they get to the airport, uh, you know, they go their separate ways again. Uh, Neil runs a car and this is the, the part that we're talking about um, coming up with why it's rated R. So anyway, (laughs) Neil runs the car, the shuttle takes him out to the parking lot. He gets dropped off. He has to go find the spot where his rental car is parked. He gets there. The spot is empty. Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, another bad thing that happens to him. And he calls for the shuttle. The shuttle's, like, way far gone. Doesn't hear him. He looks around. No one else in the area. So he realizes, oh, crap, I'm going to have to walk back. So he walks back.
1: Real um, quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that scene is also the part I think it's in a lot of the trailers, but it's also kind of well known. He has like a freak out meltdown in the parking lot. Yeah, I will be honest. <laughs> I am the type of person that I'm usually relatively calm and collected. I mean, you can tell when I get irritated, but when I lose it, I lose it. And usually I don't let myself lose it unless I'm by myself. And so since he was in this airport parking lot by himself and he just absolutely loses it. He like throws his bags. He like yells and screams, throws his like papers and everything. That would totally be me. If I was in that situation, I totally would have done that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Same here. Uh So he has to take like this long walk back. He has to cross like an expressway. He has to, um, he has to walk down like this, this big like embankment. And he falls down that. His hat gets ran over. He loses that. He has to walk across like the runway to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> and he finally gets all the way up there. And that's when he he blows up and has has his rant where he drops the the f word like eighteen times. I think. <laughs> yeah basically he didn't have his rental agreement so he's kind of screwed um so he's like okay enough of this he gets out he goes to where the taxi's at so mind you he's in St. Louis and he wants to take a taxi to Chicago (laughs) which he has an exchange with um with the guy running the taxis which is my other favorite quote that I have here, so I'll, I'll I'll give that now. So the cab dispatcher says, hey, where are you going? And Neil says, Chicago. The guy's like, Chicago? Yeah, Chicago. You know you're in St. Louis. Yes, I do. Why don't you try the airlines? It's faster and you get a free meal. You know, if I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the john and watch you take a leak. Are you going to help me? Or are you going to stand there like a slab of meat with mittens? <laughs> <laughs> And the guy just rears back and just punches him in the face. Uh, He falls over, and he almost gets hit by a car. And, of course, the person driving the car is (laughs) Dell, who gets out. He helps him. He picks him up. He's like, okay, just come with me. I got this car rented. I'll drive you where you need to go. So, reluctantly, like, you know, he has no other option, so he goes. And They're driving all through the day and night, and... You know, Steve Martin's character falls asleep, so uh, Dell's listening to. This is a great scene too, where he's listening to "Mess Around" by uh, Ray Charles, and he's kind of just you know dancing along, playing like air piano kind of stuff. Um, he starts getting hot, so he tries to take his coat off, and he tries to take his coat off, and he gets like gets it caught on like one of the levers to move the seat. And then his other arm gets caught. So basically, he's, like, driving with his knees, trying to get his jacket off, and he's panicking, and it causes him, like, to spin out. Uh, And the whole time, like, Steve Martin doesn't wake up. (laughs) Which cracks me up. So they're finally just driving along. Finally, he wakes up after he gets, like, all straightened out and everything. No idea of what just happened. Uh, And then they find out that they're driving... The wrong way on the expressway. Um, and there's a hilarious scene where these two semis are coming, and Dell and Neo just look at each other and just start screaming. And the crappy car that they have, it's like a Chrysler LeBaron or something like that. Uh, barrels between the two semis, and there's sparks flying everywhere. And for some reason, like they're screaming, at, like they show both their faces, like their eyes are bugging out, screaming. Uh, and all of a sudden, they show them both as, like, skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That part makes me laugh every time. And then, like, quickly after that, they show uh, Del is, like, in a devil costume, just laughing. And Neil's just staring at him, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> they make it through that. So, they survived. The car is, like, completely beat up. Um, Dell's huge trunk goes flying off. And they get out to get this stuff. And uh Dell's stuff that went everywhere. And they're sitting there kind of talking, sitting on the the um, the big trunk, and then uh, the car catches on fire and Neil starts laughing. He's like, you know, finally, finally something bad has happened to you. You know, because it's been happening to me the whole time. And then Dell is telling him how he rented the car, and Neil's like, how could you rent a car if you didn't have a, a credit card? And he's like, oh, I just, you know, I traded some shower curtain rings for it. And he's like, there's no chance that they would rent you a car with shower curtain rings. And then Dell confesses that um, he used one of Neil's credit cards to rent it. So Neil paid for the car, so it's just another bad thing to happen to him. <laughs> and he's like, total note. And he's like, you accidentally left it in my wallet and you know, I thought it was like a gift and you know, I was going to get the car. And then when I got to where I was going, I was going to send you, um, I was going to send your money back to you. Is like, cause I'm not a thief. I just, I didn't have any other options. You kind of left me high and dry. Like what was I supposed to do? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, they get back into the crappy car and they drive it to another motel and, you know, Neil doesn't have any money. He he only has like a few dollars and some change that was in his pocket. All of his credit cards are completely melted. So somehow he gets a room by giving the guy his, his watch and like the little bit of change that was in his pocket. And, um, He tells Dell, you know, no, you're getting your own room. I've had enough of you. Mm -hmm. Well, Dell doesn't have the money to pay for the room. So he's just kind of like sitting in the car. And it's at this time where Neil starts to like his, I don't know, his attitude towards Dell starts to change. And he kind of feels bad for him. Invites him to stay with him. And, you know, Dell kind of uses like the little bit of money he did have. And he buys like. You know, little shot bottles of alcohol, and they're they're just kind of talking about their life, and um, you know, having a few drinks, and just you can see that they, they they kind of starting to enjoy their each other's company. Um, and they're you know they're just talking about like, all the crazy stuff that's happened to them, um, and then. From there in the morning they get up, they get that the the crappy burnt up cargo and they're driving down the highway and they get pulled over by the cops. And there's another funny scene too where the cop is just like Sir, do you have any idea how fast you're going? And Del says, Well, kinda of funny thing. We you know, we had an accident here, obviously, and um you know the speedometer doesn't work anymore. He's like, But the damnedest thing is the radio does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know they, the, the car gets like impounded and uh, Dell kind of like sweet talks his way with a, a semi truck driver he's like I got us a ride he's like, "We could, He's going to Chicago um, but he's kind of funny about people riding up front in his truck with him so we're going to have to ride in the back and it's a refrigerated truck <laughs> so, you know, so they have to like take you know, this semi-truck from, like, southern Illinois to Chicago. And they finally make it to Chicago, and they're both going to take a train to where they have to go. Um, and, again, like, they say another goodbye. Neil takes his train, and he starts thinking about, about Dell, and, you know, you could tell that he you know, Dell kind of grew on him. And he's thinking about all the crazy stuff they went through. And then he starts thinking about stuff that Dell said to him. And things aren't, like, adding up. So he goes back to the train station. And when he gets there, Dell's still sitting at the train station. And, you know, Neo kind of confronts him and says, hey, what are you doing? And Dell like, opens up to him and tells him he doesn't really have a home. And... Like, his wife that he's mentioned a few times in the movie passed away a few years ago, and he doesn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving. So, Neil tells Del, you know, pack up your stuff. You're coming home with me. You can have um, Thanksgiving with us. So, they get get on a train, get to Neil's house, and he's finally there with his family, and he brings Del with him for Thanksgiving dinner. And... You know, just kind of like a, I, the first time I saw this movie, I didn't see that coming. Like, it completely blindsided me the first time I saw this. I'm like, wow, I didn't like piece any of that together. And, you know, it's kind of sad. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, it's kind of heartwarming because, you know, as unlikable of a guy that Dell is, he, he kind of borders that annoying and like dislikable friendly guy. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> but all that was like two complete opposites, him and, and Neil. And they like find common ground and a friendship at the end. And that's the kind of stuff that John Hughes really excelled at in all of his movies. And yeah, just very present here.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to say uh, he's really kind of one of those really annoying friends that everybody has at least one of. <laughs>
0: I thought you were going to yeah, say that's something true. like that <laughs> Everybody yeah, every knows
1: yeah. one person so.
0: Yeah the one guy Who can kind of get on your nerves But you know deep down he's a good guy
1: <laughs> Yeah We we like to call those Zacks
0: <laughs> <laughs> Or Caleb's I guess
1: <laughs> Ah no Oh Zach's, gosh. Zach's not, He ain't ever going to know
0: <laughs> but, yeah, since I already dropped both of my favorite quotes, the long rant, and then the exchange with the, the cab dispatcher, um, did you have any quotes that you had that uh, you liked
1: I, a lot? I actually did not pull any quotes. I mean, my my favorite part was the uh, Chatty Cathy part, like, the quote that he had, and then also just, like, his acting in it. That was uh, one of my favorite parts. Maybe my favorite yes, part. is freak movie. out. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, I got a couple interesting things here, though, just to like give some perspective. I know that you sent that graphic to me the other day about like where somebody drew out, you know, where they were supposed to go and where they actually went. <clears throat> I got this one that's actually a little bit for, uh, more detailed. Um, so they went from by plane from New York to Wichita, and that was uh, one. Uh, they measured it out roughly, uh, one thousand two hundred sixty-five miles. And then from Wichita to Jefferson City, where the train broke down, that was 350 miles. Um, Then from Jefferson City to St. Louis, that they took the bus to was 133 miles. And the rental car to where the rental car broke down was around 150 miles. And then from the breakdown to Chicago was another... 150 miles so somebody Went through and broke that down (laughs) totaling just over 2,000 Miles Uh, They said five different vehicles Over three days Um, And yeah Just a little additional information about that That I thought was interesting
0: Rock Um, And yeah you mentioned um, Steve Martin's job of just Playing like the straight man His acting job in this is really good. And you know, honestly him and John Candy just played so well off each other in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like two guys that it's like these roles were completely written for these two guys. Like I can't even imagine any other two other people playing them.
1: Yeah. Like you said, I, I think that um, Chevy chase um, could have maybe done. See, Mar- I can't really think of anyone though, replacing John Candy
0: yeah i really can't um kind of what these two reminded me of was um the movie tommy boy
1: oh my gosh no dude i was gonna bring that up
0: chris farley and david Spade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know just those two guys
0: worked together so well as, as well but um you know this obviously was earlier um man every time i watch like a john candy movie Like it makes me sad that he passed away so early because he was always just seemed like such a likable guy.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, such a genuinely funny, you know, funny without having to like try to be funny, I guess. And he just seemed like someone that if you met him somewhere, he would have just been like super nice to you, super warm and welcoming. Um, Just, you know, a likable person. And he he does a great job in this movie, still being that likable guy, but still being kind of socially awkward and annoying <laughs> at the same time. So, and you can understand, you know, some of the frustrations that Steve Martin has, and how, you know, the couple times he goes off on on Dell or says something to him, and then it, you know, he rewrites it because he's like, okay, you know, I kind of lost my temper. Like he's he's a nice guy he's not trying to be this annoying. That's just who he is kind of thing.
1: Yeah. No, the, uh, I totally was going to talk about Tommy. I had something right here ready to talk about Tommy boy and bring up the comparison. Um, cause yeah, so much when they were driving in the car and things like that. So it's, I mean, you could so easily relate it with how the car got trashed and things like that. And, different different scenarios and whatnot but just kind of you know how much can go wrong on kind of like a road trip and you know those t- they were very similar you know i mean chris farley john candy both uh pretty big guys and then david spade and um steve martin have their small similarities and everything so yeah i i was gonna bring that up so that's funny that you did as well <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess we're kind of on the same channel here. Is there anything else you wanted to bring up before I get into trivia and facts?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I got a couple of things real quick here. Um, and hopefully they're not like in your facts and things like that. But uh didn't mention that uh, Kevin Bacon made an appearance at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, he was the there was a small part where Steve Martin was trying to catch a cab and he was racing Kevin Bacon for it mm-hmm. and so this is 19, uh 1987 and so this was i mean Kevin Bacon was no uh well known by this time because Footloose came out several years earlier but just a little thing there with Kevin Bacon then there also real quick to mention with Tommy Boy Tommy Boy was 95 mm-hmm. mid early 90s so, they, I think there was a couple of things that they definitely at least got inspiration from with this movie because of the similarities with that, but um but then um the woman who played the um car rental at the yeah. car rental. Did you have anything on her? Were you going to say anything about her? Um She's been in a lot of
0: stuff, especially John Hughes stuff, because she was in Ferris Buehler as the secretary.
1: Yeah, and oh, no, I don't think she was in Office Space. I was looking for it. She reminded me of that Monday's person from Office Space. Oh,
0: yeah, the one that answers the phone like the exact same way every single time.
1: Thank you for calling. Wait a moment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Her name's Eddie uh, McClurg and Mm -hmm. yeah dude she has like a crazy long list of things that she has done like she does voices and all this other stuff so it's like i mean she's recognizable and you'll see her uh yeah i see the list of um ferris bueller and everything but yeah she just like does a ton of different stuff Mm -hmm. but um yeah she character actor yeah so I just kind of had it down that I thought I saw in a couple of things, but no, uh, you're all good. You can take it away with what you got then.
0: All right. I got quite a bit of stuff here because there's quite a bit of interesting things with this movie. Um, Yeah. I mentioned earlier that the car rental scene where Steve Martin says the F word, he says it 18 times in 60 seconds. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I mean, if you say the F word once, you can still have the PG 13 rating. If you say it more than once, then it's automatically R.
1: Yeah. That's a thing now. Was that a thing back then?
0: Yeah, that was a thing then too.
1: Okay. Cause the, the first time I saw, um, Oh man, I can't remember what movie it was, but there was a movie that actually like made fun of it. And in a scene, they said that they explained that, that rule where they're just like, yeah, for a movie to say PG 13, they can only say um, the F word one time in it. And then they said, what the F is that? And yeah. then that was it. Like they they purposely like put that in the movie <laughs> as kind of a, you know, a jab at it. So mm-hmm. I didn't know if it, because that movie came out sometime in the 2000s. So I didn't know how far back that went.
0: Yeah, that's that was the thing back then too. Okay. The uh, Next one I got here is. One of the exterior shots of the plane was a reused prop from the movie Airplane.
1: Okay. I thought, I, I, I thought of that while watching it. <laughs>
0: uh, next one, John Hughes wrote the first draft of the screenplay in three days. Uh, nice. His average writing time for a screenplay in those days was about three to five days with about 20 some rewrites. <laughs> but yeah, just crazy that he was able to write like, the screenplay up in three days. And that just kind of goes to show, you know, how how great John Hughes was, because he made so many great movies, especially in the 80s. Uh, next one, John Candy and Steve Martin eat dinner on the plane in a scene that was not in the theatrical version, uh, though it airs, like, on the televised version. The scene ends with a long-haired passenger in front of Steve Martin letting her his or her hair down, and it goes right onto Steve Martin's brownie. No. Uh, it completely covers it. Seeing that, uh, you know, Steve Martin's kind of grossed out, which kind of fits his character perfectly. And uh, you know, seeing that Steve Martin didn't want it, John Candy fishes through the hair and retrieves the brownie and eats it. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> which... Yeah, it's kind of funny. I I don't know if I've ever watched this on TV and saw that scene. I might have to see if I can find it somewhere. Um, So after Del steals Neil's cab um, at the beginning of the movie, Neil looks down and sees that the cab is gone. In the puddle on the ground, there are two shower curtain rings.
1: Wait, when was this? Uh,
0: In the part where Del steals Neil's cab right at the beginning. Oh, okay. Neil looks down and sees that the cab is gone. And then in a puddle on the ground, there are two shower curtain rings. Okay. just kind of foreshadowing a little bit. Uh, so we talked about the rating of the movie, getting an R for all the F-bombs that are in it. It was rated PG in New Zealand and nothing was taken out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that kind of funny. So, this kind of relates to us pretty good here. Uh, so, the bus scene, you know, um, where they start singing and John Candy starts singing the theme to the Flintstones. Mm-hmm. That scene was um, paid homage to in the office. Oh, in the yeah. Beach Games episode.
1: Yep, I picked <laughs> up on that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, just, I had to find a way to tie it back to the office because you and I have talked about it so many times.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Uh, So most of the snow in the movie had to be brought in and they said that filming was grueling because as soon as they would find snow, it would melt because due to an unseasonably warm stretch, which is crazy to think about because there's a lot of snow in this movie. Yeah. So the last one I got here also ties back to us and our interest and kind of what I was mentioning earlier. So, John Hughes originally wanted Tom Hanks as the role of Neil Page. (laughs) And John Travolta as the role of Del Griffith. What? Yeah. But Hanks was um, unavailable as he was busy shooting Big. Mm -hmm. And Paramount executives didn't want Travolta in the movie because he was considered box office poison at the time. (laughs) Because, you know, he had that long stretch there before. Pulp fiction kind of brought him back and that like revitalized his career. But could you imagine, I can see Tom Hanks yeah, playing the role of Neil and doing a good job, but the thought of John Travolta as Del Griffith just makes me laugh.
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree. That, that is wild to me. Uh, that, that does make me laugh. Cause then that makes me think of Tom Hanks uh, yelling what are you or doing? Th- There's no <laughs> crying in baseball!
0: Or could you imagine Tom Hanks doing the whole rant scene where he says the f- F-bomb f 18 times?
1: Oh man. No, that's a good point.
0: So I guess um, one more thing too, like a bonus thing I didn't have on my notes but I did read it somewhere that uh, when Steve Martin was offered the role it was that rant scene at the the car rental thing that really made him sign on to the movie and want to do it Interesting, because he thought that whole like exchange with the, um, the lady at the rental place was just too funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that is all I have for trivia. So we can move on to grades. Um, you know, like I always do, I looked it up on IMDB and I got the score on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but what do you think the grade was on IMDb?
1: Uh, I did look at things on IMDb, but I actually did not look at the rating. Um, I would have to guess um, high seven, low eight.
0: Yeah, you're pretty close. It was 7.6 out of 10.
1: Oh, wow. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I feel like it would have been better than that.
0: And the Rotten Tomatoes score was 93%. So it's right. certified fresh.
1: Yeah, see, that's, that list that I shared with you earlier about the top-ranked uh, Thanksgiving Day movies was uh, when it was a Rotten Tomatoes list. They did it by their freshness value. Oh, okay. So that's, that's where that came from. So they weren't really rated for just Thanksgiving movies. It was just as a movie overall. Nice. So, so
0: one thing I I realized with this movie is this isn't the only John Hughes Thanksgiving movie.
1: How about the what? He,
0: he also made a movie called Dutch, which is very similar to this. It involves Ed O'Neill, uh, the guy who played Al Bundy in Married Children. Okay, going to pick up his girlfriend's son from military school and take him home for Thanksgiving. And he's, like, a really kind of, like, unruly kid. And, like, he doesn't like Ed O'Neill's character at all. And basically, they go through, like, the same problems of trying to get home. And, you know, they take a bunch of different forms of transportation. Um, That came out, I think, in, like, 1990 or something like that. It was, like, in the early 90s. You know, it's a pretty good movie as well, but it's not nearly as good as Plain Trains, and Automobiles. And, I mean, really, it's kind of just like the same story, just rehashed.
1: Mm, okay, interesting.
0: But what is your grade for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles?
1: Well, as a movie itself, because um, I know for a while there when we were doing our reviews, we were doing our awesomely bad reviews, but... Um, as a movie for itself, standalone, comedy, acting, filming, storyline, everything, well done. I'm going to give it five out of five shower curtain rings. <laughs> nice. I thought it was only I, I planned
0: anything that clever, but I also gave it a five. I give it five rocks. <laughs> Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't really give it anything less Like you said, the dialogue's great uh, You know, The story is great, the acting is great um, And it's just a classic I mean, I can't give it anything other than five
1: Yeah, I feel like this scenario has been played out in so many other movies But if they're around any kind of holiday, it's always been like Christmas Mm-hmm um, you know, like uh, I'll be home for Christmas or something like that with something, and you know, just other things too, where you know, the struggle of making it home for the holiday and usually the associate holiday at Christmas. So, I think that that helps to just like stand out too, where it's just like, no, this isn't Christmas, this is just Thanksgiving. And, um, I, I almost feel like there need to be more Thanksgiving movies.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I actually told you, um, a couple of weeks ago, that I had this movie on DVD when I bought it from Walmart, it came, you know, like in a normal case. Oh yeah. But it had like a paper sleeve, and the paper sleeve was a, it was like Christmas themed. <laughs> it has John Candy and Steve Martin standing next to each other like on a snowy path, and then there's like, like a North Pole looking pole. With the a, a sign saying planes, trains and automobiles on it. And there's yeah. like snowflakes on it, and there's red and green everywhere. And actually when I got this movie, I was just like, This is not a Christmas movie. Like, <laughs> I saw it in the stores, I'm like, I really want this because I love this movie. And like the price was good. It was like seven fifty or something like that. I'm like, I'm gonna get it, but that's such like false advertising. It's not a Christmas movie. And like and it just goes back on the one of my pet peeves that my wife always gives me a hard time for is I hate when people want to like force Christmas down your throat, like <laughs> immediately after Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, because my birthday is a day after Halloween, and that's when people want to start celebrating Christmas. Like, You guys realize that it's not even winter yet. You know, it's fall and there is another holiday that comes before it like why are we forcing christmas and you know not that i don't like christmas i love christmas it's one of my favorite holidays i feel like it's one of the only holidays that has its own feeling you know
1: yeah
0: where you know it's christmas season like, it just feels like christmas yeah and i like all the stuff that goes with it I like all the little cartoons like Rudolph and Charlie Brown and all that stuff. There's a lot of Christmas movies that I really enjoy. You know, I like buying gifts for people. I like decorating the house and all that kind of stuff. Just the fun stuff that goes along with Christmas, but I like everything in order, I guess. And (laughs) I just, it, it just irritates me. And like when I saw that, I'm like, seriously, are we trying to force this to be a Christmas movie now? I feel like if, uh, George Lucas made this movie, he would go back and like make a special edition where it was about Christmas instead of Thanksgiving.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel any better, um, I'm online right now. And so I looked it up because I, I do remember the image you sent me, but I forgot about this too. And I think you did as well. They actually have two presents in the movie too. Really? Like on, on, on in the image, yeah. There, so yeah. there's the pole with planes, trains, and automobile, like you said, and it looks like the North Pole kind of thing. Snowflakes, sure, okay, no big deal. But then on the ground next to both of them, there are two box presents. <laughs> so totally Which makes going no good. sense. Yeah, um, no sense. And they, yeah, unless they're going for the whole like, start celebrating Christmas before Thanksgiving even happens.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, but recently I just like threw that sleeve away. <laughs> Should have burned and, like, it. It just annoys me every time I look at it so I just threw it out. <laughs> but um yeah, so we can move on into our final two small segments here. And the first one is suggestions. Thank you.
1: Showtime! That
0: woman yelling "Yeah, yeah" is still funny to me.
1: <laughs> I, I was, I was like, oh, "Is he gonna do it this time?
0: Is he gonna do it this time?" Uh, every time you pointed that out, it just makes me laugh every single time, and it's not even like objectionably funny. It just, man, every single time it's funny to me. Yeah, it just
1: sticks out, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um,
0: yeah, that being a clip from the Running Man, a game show, um, one of my suggestions this week, or my only suggestion, I guess, is a game show. It is Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Nice, uh, was originally a Japanese game show called Takeshi's Castle. Uh, it was adapted in... It's from the 80s, and it was adapted in the mid-2000s in the US for uh, TNN, which ended up being Spike TV. Um, and it was... <laughs> it's, there's, like, comedic uh, like dubbing on it, with, like, a couple comedians doing voices, uh, giving all these different characters names, and just making, like... Stupid names for the people and dumb dialogue and kind of like along the w- lines of America's Funniest Home Videos, except funny. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> you know, Bob Saget used to do the stupid voices and everything. Uh, you know, the creators of the show did voices and stuff. And they had names for the characters. Um, anyway, I, it, I used to watch it all the time when it was on. And I recently found it on Tubi uh, TV for free. So I was like super excited and they've got like every single season on there.
1: Yeah. Honestly, like that show was just such a great idea and so well executed.
0: Oh yeah. It was definitely like even just ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, if you guys get a chance, watch it. Uh, it was kind of ripped off years later when they made like an American version called Wipeout. Yeah. Um, But I don't know, just most extreme elimination challenge is just funnier to me than Wipeout.
1: Oh, yeah, well, it's so much better because it's um, they don't have so many safety things that they have to follow, yeah. Um, And but then also, they of course, since they're comedians, you know, they make up all these people's names and their um occupations and things like that. It's just the whole thing is hilarious. Wipeout is funny when people wipe out but this like the names are funny the conversations are funny the the interactions between like the everything is hilarious and they do a fantastic job like you can laugh through the whole thing
0: it's one of those shows too like you'll be watching it and you'll be watching like the contestants trying to get through the obstacles and everything and like, you're not really paying too close attention to what uh, the dialogue is. And then you hear something, and you're like, wait a minute, did they just say what I thought they said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's one of those shows. But yeah, if you guys have never watched it, check it out. You might enjoy it. Um, there was actually one day where I was watching it and I didn't turn it off and I went upstairs to get ready so my wife and I could go somewhere. And I came back downstairs and she like comes out of the bathroom and she's like, what in the heck are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just fun show. Check it out. If you got a chance.
1: Yeah, definitely um, good stuff.
0: Okay. And so keeping with our tradition of dropping a quote or one liner, we're going to move on to that. So do you want me to go first or you want to go first?
1: Uh, we'll have you go first. I think I went for this last time, and I still need to get a stupid like soundbite for it, but we'll figure that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Okay. Um, my line comes from the classic movie The Big Lebowski, and there is a scene where the dude is drugged, and he is in like police custody, and he comes to, and he's like trying to explain himself and everything that went on. He just had a meeting with Jackie Treehorn, who was like a pornographer, (laughs) (laughs) and he says, like, kind of in a an intoxicated, like, stupor, to the police chief. He says, "Mr. Treehorn treats objects like women, man." (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that always just cracks me up in that movie.
1: Nice. Well, I'm going a little different route because I'm going to a TV show, not a movie, but going going with one of the favorites. Can't go wrong with The Office. Um, But this is like a little, you know, under the radar, not so often used quote. And so this is actually from the um, episode where Dunder Mifflin has their press conference and they're talking about the situation with Dunder Mifflin maybe going bankrupt and Michael gets invited and he totally doesn't understand what's going on and Dwight is standing in line to be able to use the microphone and somebody wants to get out of line and he uses this classic line of if only's and just were candies and nuts then every day would be on dunk fest (laughs) Uh, gotta love it Dwight the good, him and his good old German heritage and all that. Old-style German, too. Belschnickel. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Impish <sighs> or admirable.
1: So, there you go. Face off with that. Try to beat Dwight. The dude versus <laughs> Dwight. Who, who would win, the dude versus Dwight?
0: Well, um... I would say probably Dwight because I don't think the dude would fight back. <laughs> this aggression will not stand, man.
1: I feel like we need to get into something that we uh, we debate on sometime. We were we were talking about that. We might have to bring that up sometime.
0: I think we already had like one in like the off season where we discussed who would win in a fight: um, RoboCop or the Predator.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. But I yeah, feel, we'll have
0: to try to do that again sometime.
1: Yeah. I feel like that could be pretty interesting, so.
0: Yeah, pick up a couple matchups and try to figure out an outcome from it. Mhm. Anything else you got to say?
1: Uh, no other than uh, I hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving and that your travels go a lot better than they do for or did for Neil and Dell.
0: Yeah. Um yeah everybody enjoy your thanksgiving um my suggestion is take the time to make stuffing and don't buy a
1: stovetop (laughs) and my suggestion invest in a good plunger (laughs) it
0: was that we'll leave it as that Uh, i branded he's caleb and this time it's personal